What's up and good morning everyone, Colin Morgan here and welcome to another episode of the Daily Grind Business Podcast where I interview successful business owners and people five days a week in hopes to inspire the next great entrepreneur. Hey everyone, quick question for you all. How many of you wake up in the morning and enjoy a cup of coffee? Well, I'm sure the majority of you are saying me, and I'm the same way. I love my coffee in the morning, but it wasn't until recently that my coffee started to like me. See, I woke up, brewed a fresh pot of coffee, but after my first cup, I had a weird feeling in my stomach, and I always felt sick, and I didn't know what it was. Until recently, I was introduced to Bulletproof Coffee when everything changed for me. Okay, so I want to do the same thing for you all. I want to introduce it to you. So I want you to go to dailygrindpodcast.com. Okay, on the right-hand column, there's going to be a link for Bulletproof's website. I want you to click on that link. Is it an affiliate link? You better believe it, okay? I want you to click on that link, and I want you to purchase Bulletproof coffee. Now, not only that, I want you to get some brain octane oil. Why? Because you might as well get brain octane oil and really crush your day. See, this is for people who really take life seriously and want to wake up feeling great and make positive changes in their life. So again, visit dailygrindpodcast.com. On the right-hand column, you're going to click the Bulletproof link. You're going to go on the website, you're going to purchase coffee, and you're going to purchase the Brain Octane Oil. And you're going to start crushing your mornings. Now, today on the show, we have with us Barry Glassman. Barry founded Glassman Well Services back in 2009 and has grown the firm to manage over $1 billion, that's right, $1 billion with a B, for families and entrepreneurs. You may have seen him on CNBC as he sits on their digital advisory board, and he has been recognized with top advisor awards by just about every respected financial publication, including Barron's. Financial Times, and Investment News. But what drives him is different than most financial leaders, believing that the culture at his firm can affect the outcomes of his clients' goals. In his spare time, he is a frustrated, colorblind photographer. You can find that at barryglassman.net, specializing in travel and sports photography. Barry, welcome to the Daily Grind. I'm really excited you're here with us today. Oh, it's thrilled to be here. And... and there are some of, of your uh, DeRozan pictures from the Toronto Raptors on there. You'll have to uh, you'll I, have to check it out. I'm definitely going to check them out. Now, I originally thought when it was a colorblind, you were colorblind, <laughs> you had uh, doing photography. It was going to be black and white, but for people out there, it is actually in color. <laughs> yeah, uh, but sometimes, and the frustrating part is sometimes now I'll I'll do some editing and things, and I'll show pictures to my wife. She's like, "Yeah, it's really a special picture, but our kids are green." Um, <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's the only reason I'm not a professional photographer at this point. I tried it, paid for college with it and, uh, just been, uh, an obsession ever since. Well, definitely go check that out, everyone. It's a great little photography blog he's got going on there. Barry, like, what are you excited about right now? So I'm excited, uh, to finally launch a lot of educational videos to enlighten people on how to handle their investments, finances, advanced tax things. Um, we are, we opened in 2009 and since then we've been fiduciaries, which means, 
we are not tied to a brokerage firm. Okay. We don't have brokerage licenses and, so, and such. And it gives us the advantage, uh, the freedom to communicate. We're allowed to do articles and CNBC and, and podcasts like this. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm finally excited. We built an in-house studio and we're going to start to finally share a lot of the information that we've been uh, working on for existing clients. We're going to share that with uh, others and, and the public. You know, and I love that because being able to kind of share those videos, educate the public. And, you know, one thing I found on your website was that, you know, uh, you said your financial success is about more than bar graphs and pie charts. It's about you, which I find very refreshing because I think people don't associate that with, say, investments or dealing with someone that's that's handling their investments. And I really think that that's a real refreshing way to do it. So when you started this whole thing, like what made you start <clears throat> the business, what you're doing right now? Well, you know, there, there's what made me start in this industry and then what made me start the business. What, what would interest you the most? You know what? Let's talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about, say the industry, like what got you started in the industry? Sure. Well, when I graduated college back in 92, there were no jobs and I was recruited by Prudential Securities, worked for an amazing mentor. As a matter of fact, I spoke to somebody just this morning about how to break into the industry and that kind of thing. Um, and, and the greatest piece of advice I could ever give was uh, if you're starting in finance or accounting or something, um, find somebody whose philosophy you believe in. Mm. Um, and, and I did that and worked with them for over 15 years. And it, it's just imperative. If you don't buy into um, your mentor's philosophy and and their um, their values, uh, you're going to be frustrated, you know, most of your career. Yeah. Um, so, uh, happened by chance. I, I responded to an ad and, and recruited and such, and then, uh, grew with that firm. And in 2009 started my own firm. The big move there was to, to give up my brokerage license and to become a fee only fiduciary, uh, and not be tied to really any conflicts of interest or, a, or a brokerage firm. Gotcha. And what was that transition like for you? Because you'd been doing this for a long time. Now you're transitioning to starting your own firm. What was the transition like there? Uh, it was a lot. Uh, you know, you, you're not involved in you know, regulatory aspects. I didn't have payroll before, yeah. human resources, hiring and firing and such. Um, so definitely a learning curve. Um, but uh, for me, it was something that I, I knew that at some point I would do. Um, and I just built up the confidence to make it happen. Yeah, and kind of take us to those early days because like you had said, you had to start learning payroll and all these different things about being a business owner. Like what were some of the, say, the winning behaviors which you had to incorporate <clears throat> in your life to help you with that? And what were some of, say, the losing behaviors you had to get rid of? It's interesting. As I'm thinking about both of those time periods, the, the time when I started up my own firm, but also when I was starting to take on my own client base, yeah. um, and making my first cold calls in 1995, 20-something years ago, um, it really had to do with confidence. Mm. Uh, I would I would pick up the phone and actually call from nine to what was it nine to four, uh, take a break for dinner and you know work out, and then from six to nine I'd call people as well and basically introduce myself and offer my um, independent services to review their investments and and help them out. And <laughs> it took a while before people started to say, yes, I was terrible as well. I, yeah. I was the worst on the phone. I, I don't know why anyone would have talked to me. 
Um, and then we had my Forrest Gump moment. Okay. Um, you remember Forrest Gump was in the shrimp business and was fishing and fishing until the hurricane, yeah. which knocked out everybody, and he was the only one fishing. Yeah. Well, the Snowmageddon in Washington, D.C. area in 1996, everyone was home. Not a single brokerage firm was opened, and you know our office was closed for a week. But I had a few things in my favor. Number one, I had no family at home. Number two, uh, I grew up in New England, so I knew how to drive in the snow. And number three, I drove a Jeep Cherokee. Okay. So for that full week, I was the only one picking up the phone, calling people bored at home. Uh, and believe it or not, you know, just like Forrest Gump, I still have about a half dozen clients wow. that signed on because of that week. I think I signed on more clients from that week than probably the prior you know, or the future two years combined. Um, and you know, sometimes it's skill and persistence and <laughs> stubbornness. Yeah. Um, but that kind of gave me the confidence that I could uh, continue this. Absolutely. I, I love that story because it just shows, like like you had said, it shows a drive and the stubbornness and just a wanting to 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 make money or to, to get more clients, right? And you're willing to do what probably 99% of the population wouldn't be willing to do. Like when there's a snow day, people are like, <laughs> let's put the feet up. Let's grab a beer, grab a hot chocolate. Let's I just looked relax. At, let's I looked at it as, yeah, I looked at it as an opportunity. The other challenge I had was I was starting in the business, um, you know, with a pretty decent high minimum at 24 years old. So the challenge for me was credibility. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking to people who are 55 and older, um, you know, who have funds to invest and such. Um, so for me to accomplish that, I ended up doing a lot with media and press back then because there was it was pre-internet or you know, at least yeah. pre-websites for people to Google. Well, it's definitely pre-Google. Um, and no one knew who, how old I was. I had a great title, and I knew a ton about investments. So I would get on the phone with reporters, just give them a, a lot of story ideas yeah. and not push anything. I'd give it away, almost the Gary Vaynerchuk approach from 20 years ago. And I ended up developing relationships with a lot of these folks and getting quoted um, in a lot of media, it wasn't until I was on, uh, uh, with Louis Rukeyser and I was on the, with Peter Jennings one night wow. that people actually realized how young I was, um, <laughs> and really how terrible I was on television back then as well. Um, but I really depended on the credibility of media to help me out at such a young age. And that in itself is such a unique and interesting way in which you did that. And I think a lot of more people, like you said, you're probably 20 years ahead of the curve there because I think a lot of people are starting to do that nowadays, right? Because it's a lot easier. People can hop on a podcast or make a YouTube channel and just get their message out there. But I love the fact that you were just going on these media outlets, just giving them ideas. And when you were able to give them ideas, they helped you in the process. Well, and, and it hasn't changed if, if you think about it. People are sitting around, you, you as an example. I've got other people in mind who I think would be great for this podcast for me to make those introductions, for me to think about whoever's writing today's column for the, the Wall Street Journal, and, and for me to just say, you know, here's an interesting angle or here's a study that Aon Hewitt did that you may want to incorporate. Have a nice day. Good luck. Um, that'll come back to you. Uh, and so if you, if you like a podcast or a reporter or a website or something, if 
you to show to the gratitude and respect to help them out and, and recognize them in some way, you know, 25 years later, that hasn't changed at all. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people should, if they don't do that, they should do that. And you've been in this since 2009. So it's about nine years you've had this business. There's probably been a huge learning curve for you, even though you're in the industry for a long time. Like what's been, say, the biggest personal obstacle or biggest business obstacle that you've had to overcome to get where you are right now? I, I think it's getting the the personnel right. Yeah. Um, and also to get our vision and values really nailed down. And what that, and by the way, I, I was somebody who went through strategic planning thinking that, all right, so I'll have a mission statement. I'll put it in a nice frame. I'll hang it in the lobby and it'll be great. And we'll move on. Yeah. Um, when you do it right and for the right reasons, everything you do comes back to that. Um, we, be, we, we share what we do is we share a, a common passion for enriching our clients' lives. Okay. And everything we do needs to uh, come back to that. So the, the educational videos, it's enriching our clients' lives, helping them with travel or their kids' education or a variety of things. All of that, let alone the investments in retirement, all of that looks to enrich our clients' lives. The other thing is we realized what makes the really A players on our team so darn special, mm. and that is curiosity. So once we started interviewing for curiosity and looking for people who don't just check a box but say, hmm, I wonder if I looked at their tax return, would I learn more stuff? I wonder if I read through their will um, or estate documents or trust, if I might add some value there, because I know that, I might be able to suggest something else. Um, that curiosity uh, is amazing. And that's why um, very few of my employees have advanced degrees. Yeah, yeah, we have an MBA, we have a, a, a JD, we have an attorney. Yep. But these are people who didn't accomplish something you know, like a degree or a certification 20 years ago, and they're done. We built a team who's never done, yeah. um, that is always learning and builds goals of learning. So I, I think the biggest thing that I learned was uh, how to profile the right person and hiring for that. Uh, it's easier to know who fits, who doesn't fit. Um, and, and I think that's a huge reason why we're thriving right now. Yeah, you know what? And you're talking right now, and it like I love it because I'm super passionate about what you just said there. Because, you know, someone with a super fancy degree, yes, but a lot of times after they're finished school, just like you said, they're done, right? But someone who necessarily doesn't have that fancy degree, but is willing to constantly be curious and learn and look for new ways in which to do something. Like I always say when I envision life is a, a success ladder with an infinite number of steps. And all you're trying to do is just keep taking one step up on that ladder every single day. And it sounds like those are the types of people that you look for in your firm. Yeah, if, if you and I weren't curious, we would not have found Dave Asprey and the Bulletproof Coffee. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I had this. Did you have yours this morning? I certainly did. That's why I'm all fired with the, up. Uh, <laughs> with the brain octane little brain octane on the oil in there a little unsalted butter yeah people people who aren't curious uh wouldn't even the, people who are curious will google it now that they've heard it or they've already heard about bulletproof yeah um uh, that that's who we have at our firm and if we can continue to build that um no we'll we'll continue to thrive 
Absolutely. And it sounds like education, self-education plays a big part in your firm, plays a big part in your life as well, right? I'm sure especially early on and today. And you had mentioned early on in this podcast that there was uh, a mentor that you had to really help you. Kind of share us the messages that he shared with you, his name. Like, Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I think I think that's an important component, but I think the the ongoing learning. Um, I've decided to learn more and more outside of my own industry. Mm. Um, I attend one industry conference, and that's it. Okay. Um, every other conference or meeting or things uh, I attend, I'm usually the only or one of a handful of people in the wealth management industry. Okay. Um, it, it also goes to when a vendor says. Oh, Barry, I specialize in the financial industry and helping them with I won't hire them. Um, uh, if they do websites or marketing or that, I am not interested in people who work in our industry. I believe that in order to interrupt the pattern of people going from firm to firm to interview or to learn and such, in order to stand out, you, you can't stick with your own industry. Yeah. Um, so as far as any learning goes for me, um, no, it, it's completely outside of wealth management. And I think that's key. Okay. So uh, what, the, what sort of things you, are you learning about currently? Um, well, the things like you know, early on, 10, 15 years ago, it, when TED Talks launched. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I was the first one to bring uh, a TED conference to our firm. Uh, you know, all of us had an assignment to bring a TED talk to the meeting. And basically we had, I don't know, we had 11 keynote speakers on screen, um, that each of us was passionate about. So I learned that Sean, I didn't know that Sean was so, uh, that education was so important to him. And we asked, how does that relate back to what we do here? Well, our ongoing education, um, somebody else showed the Simon Sinek, uh, video, the why, and back that we didn't have a why. So Travis had brought that and I had seen it one be once before, but Travis found it and said, okay, so we don't have a why. Let's talk about that. Um, so you know, it can be as simple as just assigning uh, each person to bring a TED talk, which is usually, I don't know, nine to 17 minutes or so. Yeah. And then take a half day and you, suddenly you have all these keynote speakers that at least one person's passionate about. Yeah, I love that. And I kind of, I like your idea. It's interesting how you're learning about different things because obviously right now you're probably an expert in what you're doing, but you want to become, say, more well-rounded and that's going to help your company culture. That's going to help your customer relationships and things like that, right? Well, yeah, it's um, it's different forms of communication. So I attended a conference recently um, on productivity and they showed a great tool called Snagit, S-N-A-G-I-T. Um, and basically it's a, it's a simple screen capture technology. Okay, okay so that's great. Um, so we use it in two enormous ways right now. One way is our director of research, when he sees an interesting article, he won't just send the 17 page article to us He'll record a five-minute screen capture walking us through the important charts and things that he found interesting and meaningful, and that five minutes, I'll watch. If I get a 19-page PDF or white paper, yeah. <laughs> life's too short for white papers. <laughs> um, the other way we've incorporated it, and this is kind of 
you know, game changing for our clients. A lot of people's meetings in our industries, uh, in our industry, it's all about the investments. And there's so much more important stuff to get to about estate planning and tax and the kids and their goals and all of these different things. And 95% ends up being about investments. So leading up to a meeting, we'll do a screen capture of their portfolio review with all the details. Here's how asset allocation has changed. Here's how these investments, here's what we're worried about. Here's a, and it's less than 10 minutes. It takes us 10 minutes to do. Um, we send it within a week of the meeting. You know, here's your portfolio review. When we get together, we say, did you, know, did you watch it? What do you think? They usually come empowered with questions. The spouse who's typically not into investments has gained that knowledge and they end up asking, hey, I was wondering about that. You said this. They're able to rewind it, watch it again. And I'll, sometimes we'll say anything you want to review. They say, no, we're good. Let's dive into the other stuff. So I would not have gotten that technology at a financial services conference. Um, of course. I got that at a tech entrepreneur conference, and it's really changed the way in which we're engaging our, our clients and, and our coworkers. Yeah, and I love it. And just having that curiosity to constantly be learning for different ways, right? It's kind of you're not following the common script. You're being very uncommon, essentially, right? You're trying to do things differently to make your customers' lives better, the experience better, and will ultimately just benefit you and your firm. It's a, it's a win all around, especially from a product, yes, from a productivity standpoint. Yeah. For me to spend, if I'm looking at a client's portfolio for 10 minutes and really deciphering some things, why not? capture that and articulate my thoughts on on that capture as well and then send it to the clients hey just letting you know i'm looking at um at your roth ira and i just wanted you to know that here's what i see here we're going to make some changes and and here are the three reasons why um as opposed to sending a i don't know what a six paragraph uh, email yeah when's the last time you read a uh, six paragraph email a long time ago (laughs) (laughs) I'm not really into those six paragraph documents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I love it. Um, and one thing, Barry, is like being an entrepreneur is ups, downs, highs, lows, right? Like I'm sure you have a wealth of experience and knowledge. I'm wondering if you could go back in time and say, offer your young self one piece of advice. What would that be and why? Oh, it, it's easy. I, I would tell myself, think longer term. Okay. Um, definitely. think And the advice that I'm giving to my clients' kids who are graduating college and feeling such pressure, um, the advice that I'm giving them is, you know, look, James, you're going to live to be, likely live to be over 100 years old. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably work well into, you'll be healthy well into your 90s. Um, so you've got a lot, you've got a long time to earn a living. You've got a long time to keep yourself healthy and you've got a long time to enjoy um, you're going to have ups and downs and things. What happens in the next 12 months after college? Yeah, it's not meaningless. Um, but if you take the wrong job, it doesn't mean you can't pivot. Yeah. Um, you'll be pivoting many times throughout the next 80, 70 years of work. Um, and there's such pressure to get the right position out of college for a, a lot of kids. Um, I say, get some experience. 
The other, by taking the long view as well, and this is a Seth Godin thing, taking the long cut versus short cut, don't worry about, take a job that isn't your career, but you learn skills. Yes. Very few people graduate college and learn sales. Um, you know, I worked at Banana Republic during summers during college, and I learned sales. Now, I also learned how to fake what color stuff was because I'm colorblind. Good thing was most of the stuff was khaki, um, but the stuff that I paired up for people yeah. <laughs> was pretty pathetic. Um, so I actually learned how to, you know, compensate with. Uh, you know, reading the numbers on the tags to know what was purple and blue and some other things. Yeah. But even even just taking a sales job after college, that's not permanent. Um, but some parents and, and friends and peers look down on that um, when, you know, it, it's, it's going to be such a long time period. The next year or two years, it matters, but it's okay to pivot later on. Absolutely. It's kind of like, you know, like being like water, right? And just going with things and looking at opportunities. And that's something that I, I'm really passionate about because my father always taught me that, right? Just go and learn skills, right? I I tried to start multiple businesses before I'm doing what I'm doing and I failed at them. But the thing was, those experiences really taught me what I need to know right now. Um, so mm -hmm. just either taking a, even for a serving job or just a sales job or anything, learning how to cold call, all that stuff's going to benefit you no matter what you do in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my advice would be take a longer view. Love it. Amazing. Now, everyone, we're going to take a lightning quick break, hear from our sponsors, and be back with the overtime round. Are you someone that has a great business idea but just can't seem to find the time to get it started? Are you in business and are struggling to take your business to the next level? Maybe you're someone that has got discouraged in the past and fears ever trying again. Listen, you're not alone. Starting, operating, and growing a business seems overwhelming and even impossible at times. But it's not your fault. You just haven't been taught properly. And you've been missing one secret ingredient, which is helping thousands live the life of their dreams. This may surprise you, but it's a business plan. Join us live next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, where we will walk you through step-by-step how a simple business plan can take you from where you are to where you want to be. Visit www.planthenumber2profit.ca slash I am ready. That is www.planthenumber2profit.ca slash I am ready. Barry, we are back. Are you ready for overtime? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Let's do it. Barry, what motivates you to keep grinding? Like what gets you out of bed every day to just fires you up to do what you do? I, I love putting ingredients together to make a recipe. Hmm. And it's true in photography, combining the light and f-stop and shutter speed. Uh, it's certainly true in cooking, which I love doing. It's true with the employees I piece together. And then uh, it's true with the investment portfolios. Um, and any time that I can see the ingredients and see them all fitting together and then making it happen, uh, nothing's, it, it's just how, what makes me tick. Love it. Now, what's your favorite podcast to listen to right now? Or say you're not a big podcaster, you're a reader. What's your favorite podcast or book? Oh, it's Ian Altman's Grow My Revenue. Okay. Um, 
Ian Altman happens to be an expert on sales. Um, well, you know, sales is such a bad term, but he has an approach on sales that is unique that I've never seen before. It's called same side selling. But what's great about his podcast is he has such luminaries. Seth Godin was on there. Joey Coleman was on there. Uh, Marcus Sheridan, people who are really achieving amazing things, you know, people you've never heard of. So I love the fact that he introduces us to people who have written books, have podcasts and other websites and things. Um, and I end up bumping into them later on and I'll, I'll remember quotes and things. Um, so Grow My Revenue podcast, just terrific. Love it. Now, I know this is kind of a tricky question, but I like to ask it because I know people view work as different things. But how many hours a day do you say you typically work on average? Uh, there's there's no answer. For me, there's no answer. Yeah. I'm always on. I'm always thinking. Um, so, yeah, And I've got my cell phone next to my bed, not to answer it or email, but just to take notes and reminders. And sometimes I'll come up with a topic or some theory of ingredients piecing together. Yep. Um, I'm always thinking. Love it. What's been your most successful form of marketing in your firm, say? Uh, it's re it's referrals. Yeah. It's um, it's showing, not telling. And I think we do a great job of that on our website. I think we do a great job with that uh, with clients. We don't tell people this is what we do. We actually show them. Um, and it's easier for people to share the experience with their friends than share, here's what they told us. Um, so it definitely referrals from our existing clients. Um, but I think the main reason that happens is because we show them what we do. And I think that's really a, like every great leader does that. You look at every great leader, they're willing to do what they're telling you that they want you to do, right? They're not just sitting back from the peanut gallery, just picking at you saying, I don't need you to do this, this, and this, like a real great leader will go out there and show you and then you can kind of follow along. Well, true. It, it also goes to people you don't know and you haven't met. Ex yeah, a lot exactly. of people say words, especially in my industry, uh, on their websites. Oh, we're objective. We have great customers. How do you show that? Mm. And the more you can show people that uh, through things like your podcast, through things like videos and such, exactly. um, the more you can do that, the more of a relationship and, and closeness they'll build. Love it. Now, Barry, how do you define success? Uh, it's enriching more lives. And it's enriching more lives in all the things that I do. It's, it's with uh, my two sons, my wife, uh, the, the people who work with me, um, definitely my clients and um, others I bump into as well. Um, absolutely love it. It can mean so many things. Um, but it's what I thrive to do and what I was put on here here on earth to do. And you sure are doing that. Now, we've heard a lot from you today, Barry. You shared a ton of great content. We covered a lot of topics. Say my audience remembers nothing from today's episode, but they can take one thing home with them today. What do you want that one thing to be? Oh, you, you got to be curious. Um, and, and the two things that I think my my team at the office hears all the time are what if – and why not? Love it. What if we did this? Let, let's tinker with it. And then once we see and, and know the, the costs and energy and time it will take, well, why not? Let's give this a shot. Um, be curious, tinker, and try things. Love it. 
Now, Barry, what is the best way that our audience can connect with you and learn more about what you got going on? Sure, through our website, glassmanwealth.com. Feel free to look around. Come back often because we're going to be updating some videos and things, um, current events, uh, and uh, everything will be, uh, my hope is, refreshing. Um, So when you see one of our videos, they'll be short, brief, um, informative, empowering, and hopefully you'll take something away that you didn't know before. Absolutely, and I will share that link. And I'll also go check out his his photography website. That's barryglassman.net. Um, a lot of great things, and I'm looking forward to some DeRozan pictures, that's for sure. They're on their way. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> As you can see again, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger, and today, curiosity. Everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. We had the chance to speak with Mr. Barry Glassman today. Barry, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and coming on the show with us today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And if you like today's episode, everyone, please be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a comment, share it with your friends. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off and always remember to keep on grinding.